Letter thirty four of Letters of John Keats to His Family and Friends, edited by Sidney Colvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. To John Hamilton Reynolds, Hampstead, Tuesday, February third, eighteen eighteen. My dear Reynolds, I thank you for your dish of filberts. Would I could get a basket of them by way of dessert every day for the sum of tuppence. Footnote alluding to two sonnets of reynolds on robin hood copies of which keats had just received from him by post End footnote. would we were a sort of ethereal pigs and turn loose to feed upon spiritual mast and acorns which would be merely being a squirrel and feeding upon filberts for what is a squirrel but an airy pig or a filbert but a sort of archangelical acorn about the nuts being worth cracking all i can say is that where there are a throng of delightful images ready drawn simplicity is the only thing the first is the best on account of the first line and the arrow foiled of its antlered food and moreover and this is the only word or two i find fault with the more because i have had so much reason to shun it as a quicksand the last has tender and true we must cut this and not be rattlesnaked into any more of the like it may be said that we ought to read our contemporaries that wordsworth and so on should have their due from us but for the sake of a few fine imaginative or domestic passages are we to be bullied into a certain philosophy engendered in the whims of an egotist every man has his speculations but every man does not brood and peacock over them until he makes a false coinage and deceives himself many a man can travel to the very bourne of heaven and yet want confidence to put down his half-seeing sancho will invent a journey heavenward as well as anybody we hate poetry that has a palpable design upon us and if we do not agree seems to put its hand into its breeches pocket poetry should be great and unobtrusive a thing which enters into one's soul and does not startle it or amaze it with itself but with its subject how beautiful are the retired flowers how would they lose their beauty were they to throng into the highway crying out admire me i am a violet dote upon me i am a primrose modern poets differ from the elizabethans in this each of the moderns like an elector of hanover governs his petty state and knows how many straws are swept daily from the causeways in all his dominions and has a continual itching that all the housewives should have their coppers well scoured the ancients were emperors of vast provinces they had only heard of the remote ones and scarcely cared to visit them i will cut all this i will have no more of wordsworth or hunt in particular why should we be of the tribe of manasseh when we can wander with esau why should we kick against the pricks when we can walk on roses why should we be owls when we can be eagles why be teased with nice-eyed wagtails when we have in sight the cherub contemplation why with wordsworth's matthew with a bough of wilding in his hand when we can have jacques under an oak and so on 
the secret of the bow of wilding will run through your head faster than i can write it old matthew spoke to him some years ago on some nothing and because he happens in an evening walk to imagine the figure of the old man he must stamp it down in black and white and it is henceforth sacred i don't mean to deny wordsworth's grandeur and hunt's merit but i mean to say we need not be teased with grandeur and merit when we can have them uncontaminated and unobtrusive let us have the old poets and robin hood your letter and its sonnets gave me more pleasure than will the fourth book of child harold and the whole of anybody's life and opinions in return for your dish of filberts i have gathered a few catkins i hope they'll look pretty to j h r in answer to his robin hood sonnets no those days are gone away and their hours are old and gray and their minutes buried all under the down-trodden pall of the leaves of many years many times have winter shears frozen north and chilling east sounded tempests to the feast of the forest's whispering fleeces since men paid no rent on leases no the bugle sounds no more and the twanging bow no more silent is the ivory shrill past the heath and up the hill there is no mid-forest laugh where lone echo gives the half to some white amazed to hear jesting deep in forest drear on the fairest time of june you may go with sun or moon or the seven stars to light you or the polar ray to write you but you never may behold little john or robin bold never any of all the clan thrumming on an empty can some old hunting ditty while he doth his green way beguile to fair hostess merriment down beside the pasture trent for he left the merry tale messenger for spicy ale gone the merry morris din gone the song of gamelin gone the tough belted outlaw idling in the grain they shaw all are gone away and past and if robin should be cast sudden from his turfid grave and if marian should have once again her forest days she would weep and he would craze he would swear for all his oaks fallen beneath the dockyard strokes have rotted on the briny seas she would weep that her wild bees sang not to her strange that honey can't be got without hard money so it is yet let us sing honour to the old bowstring honour to the bugle-horn honour to the woods unshorn honour to the lincoln green honour to the archer keen honour to tight little john and the horse he rode upon honour to bold robin hood sleeping in the underwood honour to maid marian and to all the sherwood clan though their days have hurried by let us too a burden try i hope you will like them they are at least written in the spirit of outlawry here are the mermaid lines souls of poets dead and gone what elysium have ye known happy field or mossy cavern fairer than the mermaid tavern have ye tippled drink more fine than mine host's canary wine 
or are fruits of paradise sweeter than those dainty pies of venison o generous food dressed as though bold robin hood would with his maid marian sup and bows from horn and can i have heard that on a day mine host's signboard flew away nobody knew whither till an astrologer's old quill to a sheepskin gave the story said he saw you in your glory underneath a new old sign sipping beverage divine and pledging with contented smack the mermaid in the zodiac souls of poets dead and gone are the winds a sweeter home richer is uncellared cavern than the merry mermaid tavern i will call on you at four to-morrow and we will trudge together for it is not the thing to be a stranger in the land of harpsichords i hope also to bring you my second book in the hope that these scribblings will be some amusement for you this evening i remain copying on the hill your sincere friend and co-scribbler john keats End of letter 34